0: This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal Constitution with the 401st episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, the podcast that gives you everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. We're going to title this episode Five Things We Learned at Rookie Minicamp. We're also going to discuss Matt Ryan going to CBS, the schedule uh, with the projected records by myself and the great Mark Bradley. And also say a good farewell to former Falcons executives Phil Emery and Anthony Robinson. So with that, if you are listening to us for the first time, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. All right, the Falcons completed their rookie mini camp this weekend. They went for four days. We had two open practices. Uh, Sunday they also went. Uh, the one player we were watching closely was Chase Bryce from Grayson High and had a productive co- college career starting at Clemson, then at Duke with David Cutcliffe, and then uh, at Appalachian State throwing 50. Seven touchdown passes the last two years, but the Falcons did not sign him, and uh, this may be the end of the road for one local Georgia legend, Chase Bryce. You know from Grayson High and uh, those schools for mention. But we did get to talk to um, Coach Arthur Smith and several of the rookie draft picks: Bijan Robinson, Zach Harrison, Matt Bergeron, Demarco Hallams, Clark Phillips. The third and Jovan gwen so we're going to um share those um chats with you here today on the Botox chronicles podcast with the five things we learned from the rookie mini camp here's coach arthur smith on b john robinson's first day
1: like clark all these guys man it's the first day out here um there's it's a lot of teaching build up progressions so at least they all pass a look test, Line.
0: Yep, they did, no doubt. He looked great to me, and then I reminded myself they all are gonna look great uh, running around in shorts out there. Now, the big thing, and we'll, you know, uh, we'll keep it real. The it's our Lawrence Robinson rule. You all remember that? He uh, he looked like Jerry Rice out there catching that ball in uh, in, in shorts and uh, Falcons jerseys, the old draft pick in the Bobby Petrino era. And then once they put on the pads, it, you know, he couldn't stay on the field very much. So not uh, wishing that on anybody. But Bijan, John, uh, athlete of his ilk, was going to look good in a rookie mini camp. And he did. You know, we put one-on-one videos out there of him being elusive. You know, you saw the hands. You saw the speed. You saw the, um, the wiggle, is what we call it. You know, the little running back that could, you know, do the wiggle and shake and make guys miss. So we saw that. Uh, that shouldn't change. Um, when it gets uh to the pads, but certainly a good first day for the eighth overall pick in the draft. So we did want to know about Chase Bryce, and uh, we found out. Uh, you know from his uh granddad that he uh was not re-signed, and you know it may be the end for Chase. He had an opportunity in Washington, but they also uh signed another quarterback. So uh, we wish him the best. But here's what Coach Arthur Smith had to say about. Chase Bryce. Well, those quarterbacks, again, a lot of things are they're going to be foreign to them,
1: just the way that we logistically operate, the way you communicate. Guys that, you know, maybe getting calls, signs from the, you know, with those whatever signs they put those, yeah, the, the look at me signs or whatever, and the guys in the highlighter clothes, you don't know what team you're watching, and then, you know, they don't, they clap or whatever it is. So there's a little different logistical operation. So Chase and Matt, they did a nice job handling all that.
0: Yeah, that was Matt McDonald from Bowling Green, both of the quarterbacks that were in for the rookie. Minicamp. Uh highlighter clothes. I left that in the uh in the story and I got a call from my uh uh, uh copy editor, Dave Williams. Uh, Willems. He wanted to know uh, Dave wanted to know uh what highlighter clothes was. I think they meant like, you know, they were yellow or red or blue, so you know, you know who to look at on the sidelines. So you know, the yellow highlighter clothes. That's what I think Coach was talking about there. Uh, so, hey, let's move on. You know, the Falcons, the schedule was a big thing, too. They um, they elected to uh, not take the bye week after the week four game in London. Coach Smith pointed out teams are 9-1. and one. Uh, They have the only win of uh, beating Miami after the bye week. So uh, he explains here on why they did not take the bye after the London game against the Jaguars in week four. Great. You know,
1: it's a, the things that we talk about we can control. We're excited to go play in London. You know, we had a great experience two years ago. You know, we have the mindset we'll play. We, we enjoy that. We'll, we'll make the most of it. It's a really cool thing the NFL does. Like it, we'll play in Barcelona if they start playing games over there. Send us wherever. Our guys will be ready to roll. So obviously it'll change this, you know, the, the back end of that trip. We took the bye last time we're playing a little bit earlier, a week earlier than we did in 21. I think teams you're seeing are less and less taking that bye. And a lot of teams have had success recently. Um, actually, the one team that I believe that sat, if uh, Bassettie, if our uh, Mike McClintock's right, then I believe teams are 9 and 1 that not taking the bye the last couple of years, playing in Europe. The one loss was our win down in Miami. We took the bye, and Miami didn't. So, whatever you want to do with those stats, you know, we got to be smart in our recovery, play on the back end and it is what it is you know we don't control when the bye is but
0: it's at least it's a little bit earlier than it was a year ago all right there's coach's thoughts on the uh, bye they will take a week 11 bye uh, go set go straight 10 weeks then come back and go 7 uh that seems like a perfect place for the bye for um you know uh you know couldn't get any well i guess you can't split it right down the middle with 17 games you have to take the bye at halftime of one of the games let's move on to um B. John robinson uh the falcons uh running back they picked uh, eighth over eighth overall out of the university of texas highly productive uh running back and um, he landed uh you know coach tall uh, talked about him and discussed him and called him a home run hitter so um you know we michael cunningham asked him "What? hey being labeled a home run hitter there's some expectations that come with that. Here's what B. John had to say.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, I'm gonna have uh, expectations, but for me, uh, you know, it's just another opportunity uh, to, to be the best player I can be. Uh, obviously, you know, there's, there's a lot of eyes and a lot of people. But if I if I just focus on being a good teammate and understanding that, you know, to, to bring my you know expertise and, and, and my skill set to to this offense, then I think everything will will, will take care of itself. So I'm, I'm really more excited to to show, you know. You know, what I can do as a, as a good teammate. Um, and then, let everything else, you know, that can go from there.
0: Well, Bijan, uh, you know, he, he uh, starred at Texas, Doak Walker award winner, you know, all the accolades, yards. Uh, one of my buddies said, hey, go just put it in the Alabama game. They couldn't stop him. And so, we, you know, certainly will make that part of our offseason viewing here. But here's what Robinson had to say about his transitioning to the NFL.
2: You know, I, have, I haven't seen nothing yet. Obviously, like this is a professional game, uh, the, the business side of things. Um, but for me, it's it's kind of the same as college. You know, for me as a freshman, I came in, um, had a backpack on, stayed in the dorm. You know, it's all it's all the same thing. Met, met new teammates, met new guys, and like all the guys here are really cool. So you know, we, we got along super quick, and you know, just just laughed and have a good time with each other. Because obviously. You know, there's a lot of guys in different positions, but I, I think that I don't care what position you're in, um, whether you're a high pick or, or whether you're not. I think everybody has to prove themselves uh, on, on these days and, you know, just be good people. Like, don't don't be a guy that wants to, you know, boast or, oh, no, hex no. I mean, I, I, for me, I just look at it as being a, a positive teammate and making sure everybody's getting better.
0: Yes, and it also must be noted that Bijan signed his four-year $21.96 million deal, uh, which, you know, Joe Curry told us was coming two weeks ago. Uh, you can pretty much slot the rookie deals out. Uh, he is represented by Nicole Lynn, uh, the uh, fine uh, agent of a uh, member of uh, Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated and also, uh, who also represents Jalen Hurts, who graduated with his master's degree from Oklahoma over the past weekend, one of our, our young Omega Psi Five Fraternity Frat Brothers 2. So congratulations to Nicole on getting the Bijan deal, deal done and also getting Jalen's deal done and also on Jalen's graduation from Oklahoma with a master's degree. Big news here yesterday was that Matt Ryan's going to CBS as an analyst to perform over all platforms. So congratulations to Matt. He was quick to note that he's not retiring, so he's holding out hope here, um, you know, that somebody's going to come calling, and and, uh, I don't know if he wants to go as a backup, as a starter, or, you know, sometimes stuff happens, and um, I know the last time this kind of happened was in Miami. Jay Cutler had retired, and, uh, you know, some injuries led them to bring him out of retirement to to uh, play for one year and, you know, collect another $10 million or so. But uh, Matt Ryan would certainly be a viable option for, um, you know, some team that uh, uh, maybe he is a backup at this point. And I don't know if he can give up the TV situation for that. But uh, if somebody gets into a really bad spot in an emergency situation, it sounds like he's going to stay in shape and stay ready. So no retirement For Matt Ryan, he may be just prolonging his five-year wait, but we'll wait and see. So with that, we're going to take a break here. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.
2: The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut, are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song.
0: All right, we're back here at the Bowtie Chronicles podcast, episode 401 Five Things We Learned at Rookie Minicamp. The Atlanta Journal Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. That's you all. If you subscribe, you can get six months of unlimited digital access to the Atlanta Journal Constitution for just 99 cents. That's all of our sports coverage. Politics, breaking news, investigations, food and dining, etc. Yeah, I like the food and dining part. Get all of our stories on AJC.com, access to your e-paper, and our assortment of newsletters, including Bradley's Buzz from Mark Bradley. So join our community by going to subscribe.AJC.com backslash podcast. That's subscribe.ajc.com/podcast. So you always know what's really going on. This offer ends May the 22nd. So get on it. All right. Let's hear from uh, Falcons third round pick, Zach Harrison. I spent time with him. He talked a lot about wanting to learn from uh, Calais Campbell when he, when he, uh, when they get to camp and the veterans get in here and so forth, Calais has already reached out to him and so forth. But he had a foundation built up at Ohio State by Coach Larry Johnson. He he discusses that right here.
2: Like I said, the stuff that he teaches works and it's proven. So you know, just be able to take that and refine it and you know bring it to this level. You know, something that I hope to do.
0: Yeah, he uh he was uh it was good chatting with Larry, uh Harrison and um. You know, he thinks he can improve in all facets of his game. So if they can turn this kid into a player, that would be a big bonus for him. Third round pick. uh, You know, when I was doing that story, I went and looked at all the draft picks uh, that the Falcons have made along the defensive line over the last 10 years. And Vic Beasley's the uh, hot one with the most sacks. Grady Jarrett was the best performer. Uh, you have Malachi Goodman, Rasheed Hegman, Beasley and Jarrett in 15, Nobody in 16, Tack McKinley, 17, uh, Bus, uh, Deidre Sanat, third round. That's too high. Uh, John Kaminsky, he's turned into a player in Detroit, a functional player. Uh, Marlon Davidson just got re-signed by somebody. Didn't work out here. He's got one knee. That's going to be hard. Audio j has got a lot of snaps and three sacks. Tyquan Graham's got a lot of snaps uh, and was doing good next to Grady before the injury. And then you got Arnold Ibekite and uh, D'Angelo Malone uh, last year. So the the draft record uh, along the defensive line from the Dimitrov era, and and we're looking at we're going to give the the, uh, Smith Fontenot guys a chance to develop. Uh, Nobody was really drafted real high. Uh, Bekutay would have been the highest at two. And now you got Harrison in the third round. So they got to try to develop those guys into football players. Now the guard, left guard spot was a hole. Uh, They drafted Matt Bergeron in the second, traded up to get him. Uh, But in all the reports, I kept hearing about how mean and nasty he was. And, yeah, he's a guard, Uh, you know, Cunningham watches a lot of ACC ball and was like, oh, yeah, yeah, he can play guard. He'll do it. He's mean. He's nasty. Uh, so I was like, hey, Matt, what about this mean and nasty stuff?
2: Uh, it's just natural. I think I was born with it. You know, I don't know where <laughs> I got it from. I just, you know, when I get on the field, I just, uh, you know, I just flip a switch and I become mean and mad.
0: Mean and mad. He talked later about pushing kids around at the playground. That's how, how long he's been uh, uh Uh, mean and nasty, I don't know, I don't want to walk that bully line, but uh, on the football field at guard, you better bully some people, or you better not let them walk over you. Now, um, he played tackle for the Orange uh, in the ACC, and, and, you know, he's from Canada, you know, it's easy to go for the hockey angle, but he played, uh, he made a point of letting us know he swam, played basketball, uh, and other sports growing up too. Uh, and he feel they all contributed to his athleticism. So here is what Matthew said about being moved to guard at the senior bowl and how it helped him get drafted.
2: Uh, I mean, I didn't know until I got to the senior bowl, and they just threw me at guard one day. I got to the meeting, and they were like, hey, Bergeron, you yeah, got guard. And I just adjusted, went in there, you know, gave, gave my best. And I did the same thing when I got here. Uh, when Atlanta picked me, I kind of expected moving inside. And, you know, I, I kept the same mindset. Like, look, I haven't had a lot of experience in it. I'll just give my best every day and see what I take me, you
0: know what I'm saying? All right, let's move on to seventh-round pick, 224th overall, Alabama safety DeMarco Hallams and how he fits in the Falcons' defense.
2: Um, wherever I'm needed, you know, I definitely feel like, you know, that's, that's a, you know, what makes me, you know, the player that I am, you know, is that I'm open to learning and I'm open to, you know, doing whatever for the team. So, you know, I'm definitely open to, you know, doing whatever the coaches need me to do.
0: All right. I uh, did a study, a uh, quick study on, you know, because everybody keeps trying to say their safeties are interchangeable and so forth. You know, old school, um, you know, the strong guy stayed back. The strong guy came up and, uh, you know, guard the tight end. And uh, and then, you know, uh, you either had a strong or weak side designation, you're free, uh, controlled the deep middle and so forth but now everybody's trying to say they're interchangeable this kid was a strong line strong side boundary safety at Alabama I don't think you want him in coverage deep he had trouble uh staying over the top of folks so he's a strong safety tradition for my traditional people he's a strong safety boundary safety not a field free safety so uh you know they they we have to we can do our own work on safeties now, since they try to say they're all interchangeable. He's a traditional strong, and so we're gonna look at him as such. And he had 255 tackles, so that tells you right there that he's not baked back breaking up balls. He's coming up to hit people. Let's move on to Clark Phillips III. He uh he was delightful. Great interviews from him. We look forward to to his uh, work and uh, his uh, media availabilities. The Clark Phillips, the on the chip on his shoulder.
2: Always been 5'9", and being a corner at 5'9", is one of the more difficult things, and uh, I'm grateful for it because it's allowed me to keep that chip.
0: All right, that chip's on his shoulder right now. I, he's going he's gonna to be the nickel cornerback. Uh, maybe not week one, but definitely by week six or seven. Uh, Mike, Michael Hughes will be in there competing and showing him how to do it. Uh, but um, Clark Phillips is going to be on the field. Here's what he had to say about growing up going up against Drake London in college. It was a competitive matchup. Right. It was a competitive matchup. I'm glad that, yeah, humility. He's not me. I'm glad <laughs> <He's not me. laughs> You see, you see,
2: and I uh, I'm
0: listening to that. Yeah. <laughs> Tell us. <laughs> so, it was
2: a uh, it was a it was a competitive matchup and I'm glad that I'm here right now we get to continue to work together and go against each other and keep on competing.
0: All right, that was General Manager uh, Terry Fontenot making a uh impromptu Bowtie Chronicles podcast uh, entry where he's yelling at Clark to say "we, not me, we, not me" because uh I guess that's a uh, you know um, you know they wanted to be about the team and uh, they don't like I don't know that was he was yelling that and I was I told the kid don't listen to him talk to us <laughs> but uh, yeah that's what that was right there Clark Phillips the third and the Drake London matchup I went and checked it out. 2022. Um it was uh it was uh, uh Drake London actually caught sixteen balls that day. But Clark Phillips was coming up to light him up every time he could. And uh, you know, uh Utah won the game, but Drake had like sixteen for one sixty-three. uh, you know, they were just throwing every every five yard out to London. That was the only way they could move the ball, it seemed like. And uh Phillips was there for it all day long. And I know that was impressive to the Falcons because he's given up, you know, weight and height to to Drake London. And um, you know, that that was uh, you know, you can YouTube it, that's what I did. Uh, but that was a uh, I saw what they saw in him and that he was there for it all day. London was getting busy, you know, sixteen catches, that's a lot of work uh and uh clock clark, Phil- clark uh, phillips was there all day for the work so uh you know a lot of people had him going higher than the fourth round you know uh slow speed probably hindered that and he's gonna he said yeah, he's got a chip on his shoulder he's gonna write down all the cornerbacks taking in front of him and uh you know, use that as motivation so if you got a slot if um, So now the secondary looks like if you you got A.J. Terrell, if Clark Phillips can take over the slot, and you got uh, Jeff Facunda outside, you can save him. You know, they got to rebuild him up um, and so forth. Then, you know, that's a pretty good set of three corners. And you got backups now. Uh, If Mikey Hughes can go inside and out, that's, you know, that's an option. Jalen Hawkins coming up to play some big nickel. That might help you. Uh, So they got options. Now, Darren Hall, can you salvage him after he got on the field last year and it didn't work out? You're going to try to salvage him because if he can help you on special teams and back up, uh, that'll be helpful. Cornell Armstrong, they liked him. He finished the season as the starter. So I'd have named seven cornerbacks. And you know the rule here at the Bowtie Chronicles, could never have enough cornerbacks. So um, that looks a whole lot better. At least on paper, until we see these guys on the field at the cornerback position. The cornerback overhaul and the safety overhaul has been dramatic, and we'll, now it's just time to get out there and see what they can do. Now, last but not least, we're gonna move on to Jovan Jovan Gwyn, the Falcons' other seventh-round pick, who was taken with the right behind right behind Hallams with the two hundred and twenty-fifth pick. He was a kid that uh, Arthur Smith met at the South Carolina coaching clinic and was impressed with him. Uh, Also, Coach Dwayne Ledford uh, recruited him out of Charlotte uh, Harding University uh, and uh, to NC State and lost that time. So they wanted to make sure they won on this one. And uh, Charlotte. uh, Charlotte Harding, that's a good school. I know I used to cover them when Tom Knott was a coach a long time ago, but uh, here's Joe Von Gwen on the biggest adjustment so far.
2: Nothing big, really. Um, just like the schedule and everything is just like fall camp, so just nothing really been a big adjustment. Just finding everything here. That's the biggest thing.
0: All right. So, um, yeah, we're spending some time on Joe Vaughn and Hollum's in the cover nine at nine blog. So go read that. Uh, I think the seventh round picks always get short uh, shrifted here. Uh, everybody's focusing on Bijan and so forth. So uh, that'll be in the cover nine at nine. So before we get out of here, just want to do uh, tributes here and then look at the schedules. Um, you know, because that came out, you know, the easy thing to do is do the hey, let's predict the schedule. And, uh, we do the quarterback predictions, um, you know, you, your quarterback against the opposing quarterbacks. And they all look favorable for the Falcons. But before we move on to that, and, uh, just a couple shout outs to Phil Emery. Good man. Um, you know, two stints here with the Falcons. He's going to retire at the age of 64. Uh, from Detroit went to Wayne State uh, Bob McGinn one of my mentors uh, you know uh, had a lot of dealings with him said he was a, a good man to deal with he was also the Bears GM that uh you know uh, didn't go real smooth up there but hey congratulations to Phil on his retirement and good luck there and then also Anthony Robinson who have been with the Falcons since 2008 he is going to be the assistant general manager with the Titans, him and Rand Carthon. Uh, Rand started with the Falcons in 08, both hired by Thomas Dimitrov, and now they're running the Tennessee Titans. So uh, congratulations to Phil Emery and Anthony Robinson. Also, we saw that a uh, guy, Roddy White TV, that's his Twitter handle, uh, was inducted into the Alabama State Hall of Fame. So congratulations to Roddy White on his induction also. Now, moving up, looking at the schedule, we did, uh, you know, a lot of coverage out there. You can Google that. But um, uh, Mark Bradley and myself did the, hey, uh, um, how are they going to (laughs) do? Which, you know, I guess that's the thing to do when the schedule comes out, but it makes no sense because, Lots gonna happen between now and then, just in signings and injuries and so forth. But anyway, we uh, we predicted the schedule. He had him finishing 11 and six, and I had him finishing 12 and five. And so um, the first 10 games were all the same. He he has them winning. We both have him beating Carolina and Green Bay, then losing to Detroit and Jacksonville in London. And then coming home and beating the Texans, the Commanders, the Bucks, and Titans. So that means a sweep in uh, quad four, the second fourth of the games. Then the first four is two and two. And then we have them losing to the Vikings, the toughest team on the schedule. Winning at Arizona and then going to a bye. Okay, and then when they come back from the bye, we both have them beating the Saints. And losing to Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. Okay, and then that would make them, they'd be 8-4. and four, And they need a playoff push at that point. So you're either going up or down. And so we both, um, I have them going 24 four in a row. Bradley has them going 2-2. Two and two. I got them beating the Bucks, and the Panthers. That's a game Bradley has them losing. Then I got them beat, we both got them beating the Colts. And then the uh, the Bears game in Chicago and the I have them winning that game, whereas Mark has them losing that game. And then in the Saints uh, finale, I have them losing that one, and uh, Mark has them winning that one. Either way, 11-6, 12-5, you're going to the playoffs. Uh, and that would be uh, uh, the snapping of the five-year drought. Five consecutive losing seasons. And if they win that third game at Texas, that'll be the first time over 500, you know, since 2017. So everything set up. is looking great here in the offseason. You know, this whole on-paper analysis, we know how it can go. But uh, that's some good positive vibes for uh, the Atlanta Falcons. You don't even – if you read Mike Bradley's column, he's like, hey, you he, – you don't even have to worry about Desmond Ritter all he has to do is be competent so you know basically that football translation is he all he has to do is be a game manager get the ball out to the weapons um you know we're not they're not asking you to be uh, Joe Joe Willie Namath or John Elway you know or you know or even Peyton Manning just you know hand the ball to these guys and when people get, uh, you know, tired of getting gashed, then hit them over the top with Drake London and Kyle Pitts. It's not <laughs> not a real complex formula, so uh, that's where we're looking at here. Rookie mini camp, just looking down the road here a little bit. I got my calendar out. I got flipped back to May, cause I had to schedule stuff on June. But uh, we got OTAs coming up, 23rd, 24th, 25th. 31st, first and second, and June 6th, 7th and 8th. Then we get the mini camp on the 13th through the 15th. Uh, Gabe Burns will be covering that for us. Uh, but it'll be one day availabilities during these OTAs. I think we're gonna get some assistant coaches here too. Um, you know, hopefully we we'll get to make some requests, and uh, or they just give us whoever they feel like giving us. We'll make it work either way. Uh, but um, We'll see, we'll, we'll, be, uh, we'll be on those OTAs to try to get as much as we can for you all here on the uh, Atlanta Falcons beat. With that, we're going to get out of here this is episode 401 of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Going to ask you to take care and be safe on that Memorial Day weekend there. They're expecting a whole bunch of travelers out there on the road. So be safe and I hope all is well. Take care and have a great rest of your week.